Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 1, Episode 4 Break Into Electric Boogaloo. TriStar Pictures and Canon Group released Break Into Electric Boogaloo in 1984, just seven months after the original Break In. Reprising their roles from the original are Lucinda Dickey, Adolfo Shabadu Quinones, and Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. Also returning is Ice T as the Radiotron rapper. Break In 2 is directed by Sam Furstenberg and written by Jan Ventura and Julie Reichert. Break In 2 continues the trials of Kelly, an aspiring dancer, and her friends Ozone and Turbo. So the main premise here was the conflict between Kelly's desire to continue learning street dancing against her father's wishes, as well as the crew's battle to keep the community dance and art center open for the many children where Ozone now serves as a teacher and mentor despite the plans of a commercial real estate developer. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, Boogie. The one thing that I absolutely loved about this movie is the story. You know, I love stories with the little guys fighting back. And in this case, they were fighting gentrification in the neighborhood. You know, Miracles was the community center that provided these children with an outlet and help them express themselves. This land developer, Mr. Douglas, was just concerned with the dollar signs and improving the property value that would result from the building of the shopping center that would you know, result after Miracles was torn down. There's a couple of conversations that, that stuck out with me. There was one where Mr. Randall was talking with the city folks and the commission about, and the name of the, the, name of the building came up. She said, what's the name of the building? And they said, Miracles. They said, oh, you know, that's such an inspiring name. And then she inquired, you know, what, what's going to happen to all of those children once the building is torn down? And the immediate response was, well, they have their local club, Radiotron. And I'm thinking to myself, Radiotron is an adult club. That's an, an adult nightclub. It's not appropriate for children. And I've seen this story play out you know, numerous times you know, in, in my neighborhood and other urban neighborhoods where you know, funding is cut to these different programs, community centers, rec centers, boys and girls clubs, et cetera. And the children are left with no activities. And as a result, you know, they get bored, things happen, you know, crime starts to go up, violence goes up. So in this case, it was a good, you know, happy ending to see that, see them fight back against the big guys and win. So, you know, that always sticks out with me, that that storyline, that's kind of the basis but for the whole movie. I agree. I love the fact that Ozone is a teacher for the children at the community center. Kids have a place to go to for art, culture, dance. And uh, they form their own community. Uh, the break dancing in this movie is stellar, just like in the first one. There's a classic scene with Turbo dancing on the walls in the ceiling. I think you may have seen that. That, that was pretty unique. And there was the one song, the Dindada song, which I know you love, Boogie. That's a great one. And, you know, that, that was awesome. The theme overall... I love as well. I like to call it the precocious versus the pretentious. So these precocious young young kids with with a lot of courage 
and and there was the pretentious, the ostentatious, the wealthy, and they just looked down upon them. You can tell their language. There were some scenes where they were asked to maybe help support the community center, and Kelly's father made some really nasty comment about, oh, they're just going to spend it on drugs and, and other things like that, and you know, stay away from those quote-unquote criminals. Right. So I love the the way they ended up, you know, rally together. Even the rival breakdancing crews joined forces, Electro Rock, along with Turbo and Ozone and their team, TKO team. And I mean, Turbo was the hero in the face of the developers, right? He had been injured and he, he gets up and he stands right in front of those bulldozers um, at the end, which was awesome to see. How about you, Donna, right? Well, this movie isn't what you would call a cinematic triumph, but who doesn't love a, hey, everybody, let's put on a show kind of story. And we got to save the orphanage or the community center or the old theater or the family estate. It's a well-worn formula and it works in this movie. It's yeah. also not, not for nothing influential to my own sense of humor. Like anytime there's a sequel of anything, the subtitle is always either Electric Boogaloo or The Wrath of Khan or The Secret of the Ooze. So, without this movie, I wouldn't have my go-to jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that one point that you brought up about, you know, Turbo um, dancing on the ceiling, man, that's such a classic scene. They, they really know how to showcase Turbo like they did in the first one with the, with the broom scene. And then this one, you know, he was kind of going off. And there was some pretty good special effects for the time at that time to, to pull that off. And, and I, I like to call it, like I, and I called it in the first one, that's this Fred Astaire moment. You know, this is his Fred Astaire moment for this one as well. And it's something about that song that he dances to, too. Every time I hear that song, I really love the song. And it just kind of, it, it, it melds together really well. That, that was a great scene, for sure. That is probably the best scene in the movie, I think. Yeah. One of, one of the best ones. It, it's, it was really innovative for the time i think yeah that's definitely the most memorable scene because i remember i was talking to my brother-in-law recently shout out to jay i was talking about breaking and breaking too and he goes oh when he dances on the walls and the ceilings i was like yes i remember that now honestly i couldn't remember if that was in the first one or the second one but now i remember the second one and everybody was talking about that for for months and months after the movie came out yeah now there were some things that i was you know not really in favor of or kind of bugged me a little bit and and not really it was kind of like the cheese factor for me was just way too high i understand that the dancing had to be showcased and it was but i just thought that some of the scenes just dragged on like even in the early one of the early scenes the whole neighborhood starts dancing the mailman stops and dances the cop stops and dances yeah. for me it was like a bad double mint commercial that just would not end <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a, a little too much a little too much better had they just showcased on the actual dancers dancing and just kind of everybody else was kind of like oh wow looking around or clapping their hands or something not actually not actually dancing with them like that, that kind of pushed a little over the edge a little bit <laughs> it took me out a little bit and it, it was like that scene in rocky where he runs through the the whole town and he winds up on the steps of the art museum in philadelphia but like in this case it was they're all running through los angeles and everybody's dancing it's like a michael jackson video broke out like all these random people dancing <laughs> it's like a pepsi the choice of a new generation exactly. 
Yeah. Come on down. Let's go. Here's a can. <laughs> there was some Pepsi product placement in there, so I thought that too. <laughs> That's funny. There were a couple other similar scenes that I just thought were like over the top cheesy, like the fake fight between the TKO and the Electro Rock crew. They were standing on the cars and they were like, oh, I'm going to fight you, but no, I'm going to just like kind of like dance in front of you and <laughs> well not really vicious just kind of like oh take that move no no you take that move it's not like when they're in the club it was just kind of like over the top for me yeah, yeah that I took think, me out too yeah i think like that scene would have been better had it been done like beach like it was done in beach street like you know when they were in the subway scene in the subway and they were dancing that didn't look cheesy at all oh yeah that you could see the intent there, right? Right. It didn't look cheesy. And they were pretty much doing similar choreography, but it just didn't come across as cheesy as it did, you know, in, in this one. Right. And the hospital scene you know, later on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I, I was you. <laughs> yeah, I was legitimately concerned for Tur- Turbo. He had took the, the developers or the, the construction workers lunchbox. He ran. He stumbled down the concrete steps, banged his head. And by the way, did you notice how bad that stunt double was? It's so bad that he falls so bad. He ages 20 years and 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The guy, the guy was like 35 years old and a lot heavier. Yeah. It was just awful editing. Clearly not the that. same size. That, yeah, listeners, this is at an hour and two minutes. Just that, fast forward to that and see how oh that God, scene that crazy. scene reminds me of um I'm gonna get you sucker. Yes. And the mother walks in and don't you touch my baby. And she's beating him all up. You could clearly you could clearly see the mustache. Yeah. And it's a man and it turns around and it's it's her again. That's exactly what that scene reminds me of. I mean, my sisters and I used to crack up every time that scene came on. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that's an example of why I think this movie is awesomely bad. It's really bad, but there's an awesomeness to it. It's so terribly bad. Like, like, like the Toxic Avenger or something where it's just so bad. <laughs> but yeah, the, the stunt double remind me of almost like something Naked Gun would do. Yes. It's blat- blatantly obvious that it's a different person. Yeah, <laughs> and you're supposed to just at least they got the that. race correct. I mean, I think in Naked yeah. Gun it was like they, they swapped in a black person for a white person. <laughs> <laughs> got the race, they got the outfit, but oh man, it, it was it was rough. Like his but, hair was like really short cut. It wasn't even yeah, like yeah. it didn't have like a jerry curl or anything. <laughs> yeah, that that was funny. But if you think about it, you know we become attached to Turbo Nozone, so. Young Turbo falls down these steps, hits his head. He's bleeding from the head. And then moments later, you know, he's in the hospital. They're asking if he's okay. And that becomes an absolute joke. You know, he gets up. He's in a full body cast. I don't know how he had a cast on his leg or everything, but he, he's okay. He starts dancing around. Everybody starts dancing. They're, they're in, the, in the hallway. All the nurses are, are doing dancing. There's sexy nurses. It's just what is going on all of a sudden? Yep. And then there's another dude that's like flatlining and the staff just takes off and ignores him and starts dancing. And, and then it just becomes a big party. And I was like, I was torn because they're messing with my emotions. <laughs> oh man. You had a poor guy in a wheelchair rolls out and he's got yeah. his arm in a sling. And next thing you know, he's dancing around and slings swinging around. It's not even, it's not even on his arm anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it did become uh, <clears throat> Naked Gun-esque a little bit. And if you notice, uh, when Ozone goes to find Kelly to, to bring him bring her to the hospital, uh, they're wearing a set of clothes. And then when it gets to the hospital, it's a completely different set of clothes. So it was just time to stop and get it get changed. Like what, what what happened there? <laughs> you could probably do a whole episode just continuity errors in this movie, but uh, that took me out a little bit. Like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> you start yeah. to get something to eat. What, what what's going on there? Yeah. And again, and again, that whole scene, like I said, with the, you know when they were walking down the street, it would have played out a little better had you know the people from Miracles showed up and said, hey, you know what, oh, I'm the turbo's down, let's start dancing to cheer them up. And meanwhile, the hospital staff is trying to stop them, <laughs> stop them from dancing because they're disrupting the hospital. But instead, everybody just participates and it just turns cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We went from a B movie to a C movie to a D movie <laughs> in rapid succession for me. Um, the other, I guess the last part that I would consider ultra cheesy, the song about fundraising, when they were told they need to raise $200,000 to save <gasps> miracles. And it was, I'm listening to the lyrics and it's like, you got to get that money if you want the honey. And I, <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you talking about? And it went on. That, that song went on and I'm like, oh man, that was... <clears throat> Tough, tough to listen to. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> this movie was tough to watch. <laughs> it's too funny. Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple of things. Uh, there's like one other thing that I noticed too was um when um TK when Electro Rock threw the threw the spray can through the window and they went down and chased them chased them down, and I'm looking at Electro Rock, and the chick from Electro Rock is there, and she's got a beef with TKO, and I'm like. Didn't they just get you a gig in the first one? <laughs> Why are you beefing with them now? They just had, they, they had, you know, you were dancing with them. <laughs> but, hey, whatever. <laughs> More continuity errors. <laughs> Another non sequitur. Yeah. Like, like, like out of that, out of that battle, at least one thing that did make sense was Pop and Taco, who was one of the guys from Electro Rock in the first one, he was actually with TKO. And I'm like, okay, see, he appreciates getting a gig. He hangs out <laughs> with the man. He's not, you know, he's actually battling his old crew. Like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? But the chick is with them. I'm like, you were just with them? Like, what happened? <laughs> it just didn't make sense. <laughs> a lot didn't make sense in this movie. Yeah, and they all joined forces at the end to in, in unity against the yeah. developers. Um one of the we thing all are in the same gang, like you know, yeah, yeah. exactly. Again, <laughs> like dancing with Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I question also is the very end. Um, we all know Kelly's dad is a blue blood, as I call him. He's ultra wealthy. Um, he looks down upon everyone other than you know folks in his country club and whatnot. He's very upset that Kelly's hanging out with these street dancers all this time. He wanted to go to Princeton and just kind of make something of her life. So it comes to the point where they're doing this huge fundraiser and it's televised. And I like the reporter, by the way, you know, he, he helped them out. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> what happened is all of a sudden, uh, after being so negative and, condescending anti you know dancing and anti-minority honestly 
all of a sudden he's, he's watching and, and something flips and he says, oh, well, they are fighting for a good cause. I'm going to take out my checkbook and give them $50,000 so they can finish it. <laughs> I mean, that would never happen. It was just so ridiculous to me. Right. Yeah, he'd have all kinds of strings attached to that $50,000. That's for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, if he, <laughs> in real life, he either doesn't give the money, which is the most likely scenario, or right. if he does, as you mentioned, strings attached. I'm going to put my last name on this. It's the uh, Bennett Center now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bennett Center, right. Bennett Center, everybody that dances will have a Bennett Center logo, Bennett logo on. And everybody's going to know my name that I did this. And whatever business I'm affiliated with is going to somehow benefit because I'm helping the underprivileged kids. There's got to be more in it for him than to just write that check. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been nice if he actually were to further develop the community center or have plans to mold these children in another way, maybe, maybe make to help them with some entrepreneurial program as well as art center as well. Maybe help them network and and advance their careers otherwise as as well. Agreed. Agreed. Any other comments about the movie itself? I mean, there's a couple of things that I did that I noticed as well. I mentioned in the, in the first one, actress Lila Rashawn, she was dancing in the opening sequence um, this one, she had like a small, small, small part. She was one of Rhonda's homegirls that was harassing Kelly in the in the Radiotron. And she's one of my favorite actresses from back in the day. I, I mean, like, she's absolutely stunning. So every time I see her, I'm like, wow, there's that's a little Rashawn right there. <laughs> so it's always good to see her. And then like the MC at the the um, the event at the end, that was Frankie Crocker. So if you don't know who Frankie Crocker was. Frankie Crocker is a very, at the time, he's he, the late, great Frankie Crocker, I should, I should say, give him his respect. Um, he is a, a very well-known and well-respected um, DJ in the radio community. He took um, New York-based WBLS to extremely renowned heights. Uh, he tr- completely like transformed their radio station and how their format the music format laid out and he was very innovative and a lot of R&B based radio stations that are out right now are based off of the format that Frankie Crocker developed. You know, he, he was very innovative. And I remember, I didn't know who he was at the time. First time I watched him, my mom always pointed him out and I'm like, who is this guy? So then I kind of looked it up and then I, you know, listened to the radio. I'm like, wait a minute, Frankie Crocker, that's the guy I was in breaking too, you know, but yeah, that's, that's somebody, if you, if you want to look up some, you know, somebody who's big in radio and who did a lot for um, urban format uh, radio um, stations, that's your man right there, Frankie Crocker. <laughs> that is solid knowledge. Thank you, Boogie. Mm-hmm. No problem. Boogie, I know you own the soundtrack. What did you think of the music overall? Oh yeah, <laughs> the breaking too. No, I, I, the, the breaking, the breaking soundtracks. They're 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 good in in the sense that you get a pretty diverse sound. It's not complete boom bap uh, rap through the whole album, but you can always find music to dance to, and it always puts you in a certain mood that makes you want to dance. From that classic Dendada, though, that's. That's a, that's a complete banger right there. That, I, you could put that on any time and 
I mean, my son absolutely loves it. I played it for him one morning and he was going crazy in the bathroom, brushing his teeth. <laughs> but Can you yeah, give us that, a few bars? Can you give us a few bars today? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like the soundtrack and it, it's a classic. And, you know, there's a couple of other songs in there. When I, like I see, um, when I see you, which was a song from the, from the hospital, um, you know, even the, you know, the Radiotron song, Believe in the Beat is such a positive, uplifting song. Yeah, it's a great, it's a good soundtrack. It's solid. I agree. Now, could this be made today? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I, I, I would not want to see this made today. <laughs> I probably wouldn't bother to make it remake it today either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the theory that I have was that it may have been rushed to production. As we were talking before the show, Boogie was saying, yeah, they did hint at the sequel right at the end of the first one. So it seemed to me that it was rushed to production. They extended some of those dance scenes. The idea of the plot was great, but I think it was half-baked. Yeah, they, they found the, they found that the innovative dance craze and they said, let's ride this wave hard and fast. Right. <laughs> that's basically what happened <laughs> it was a piece and together a bunch of cheesy dance uh, montages and scenes yep they found that cookie cutter little guys fighting the big guys format and just do some dance routines to it pushed it right on out <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah i noticed that the guy there was a new agent for kelly we were talking about this earlier yeah. in this movie well the guy well What's his name? McDonald, the guy that played shooter McDon- again. Chris McDonald. Chris McDonald. He yeah. turned down the role of her agent, and we think maybe that was a wise choice. Yeah. He went so, on to, to bigger things. So that script and ran for the hills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He had a cheese allergy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Lactose intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> That being said, you know, let's give it our, our rating. So it's either bring that funky flick back, bring that funky flick back, or leave it in the vault. Boogie, what do you say? <laughs> this is a tough one for me because, you know, like I said, I've watched this movie so many times as a kid, so it's kind of hard for me to let it go. Uh, I don't know if I want to bring it back or leave it in the vault. I think I'm going to leave the door cracked slightly. <laughs> in the vault, but it's slightly cracked, so you can yeah, get slightly it. cracked in case I want to peek inside. <laughs> <laughs> Dino Wright, what do you got? Despite the fact that I use anything to Electric Boogaloo as a go-to joke, I'm going to leave this in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> but I did ah. appreciate that Kelly's mom called them Bozo and Turbine. <laughs> it made me laugh very much. That was funny. <laughs> I also will leave it in the vault. This is the first film I will leave in the vault. I, I do love that Din Dada song, though. Look that one up. That is a classic that one. On yeah. What's the name of that artist, Boogie? Oh. It's a, it's a German, it's a German song, right? It's George, George Krantz. George Krantz, yeah. 
Dendada. Uh, you got to look that up if you if you haven't. It's a it's a fun beat. You may have, I'm sure you've heard it before. Yeah, if, you, if you don't dance to that song, I got to look at you sideways. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. <laughs> there was one last thing I forgot to mention is that when uh, Ozone's on camera telling people to come to the show at the end, he said, they'll be dancing and juggling the works. And I thought, ooh, dancing and juggling. <laughs> it was a mime also, right? Clown. There was a mime. Well, there was a mime too. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The magician, yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> magician. It was a complete cinematic entertainment extravaganza. That was wild. <laughs> I want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, I know you give a shout out as well, Dino Wright, but uh, we're getting a little bit of following community here. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'll give a shout out to M squared. You know who you are. Thanks for your interest. And uh, we'll keep the dialogue going. Yes, sir. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Special thanks to Susan Berger, Tawanda Edwards, and Allison Yaris. Hit us up at hiphopmovieclub at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at hiphopmovieclub. You can also check us out at hiphopmovieclub.com. In the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, we'll talk about Style Wars the seminal 1983 documentary on early hip-hop and graffiti culture. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you won't miss it. We'll also have some bonus content coming soon, so watch your feeds. Shout out to you listeners. And remember, don't hate, proliferate. Yeah. We didn't talk about Ice-T. <laughs> Ice-T's oh my the God. best movie. We didn't even talk oh my God, we forgot about Ice-T. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's talk about Ice T real quick. See if we can. So yeah, it's, you know, it's it's always good as he did in the first one. It was good to see Ice T, a young, spry Ice T rocking in the Radiotron, and he had that that same look, similar to the to the MCs that were rocking at the Roxy. He had that whole rocked out studs and chains and you know rock star appeal to him. It's always good to see him, and then. You know, at the end, he got a got a chance to, to drop a few bars at the Miracles fundraiser with Hot Top backing him up as his dancer. So yeah, shout out to Ice T, man. And another thing we want to we want to know is, did you freestyle these lyrics, or did you know was it written down? Because you know it's not on the soundtrack. And hit us up, please. Let us know <laughs> at final level. Tell us what's up. Final level, please. <laughs> I'm going to tag him and ask him, too. <laughs> yes. He responds to fans. I'm going to ask him. <laughs> you should ask him. All right, listeners, if he, if he tells us what it is, we'll tell you in the podcast. <laughs>